1: This is Man at Arms, and you are listening to the Masters of Grayskull. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia, defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous... Hello, this is Optimus Solo, and welcome to the 121st chapter in our Powers of Call series. With me for this journey into the Masters of the Universe franchise, as always, is TFG1 Mike. Hello. Hello. wanted to pause just in case someone thought we had somebody different here. Um, <laughs> are you ready to return to it There have been Sorry. a couple
0: of times in this seven, eight-year journey that there would have been somebody different here.
1: <laughs> yeah. It wasn't me for once. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Those adventures, man. Those oh. Yeah. Are you ready to return to Eternia sir? Yes, I am. I I hope it's less anticlimactic than what I think it's going to be. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Well, in this episode of Masters of Grayskull, we will be giving you our thoughts on the final two episodes of the series. That is episode 38 entitled History and episode 39 entitled Awaken the Serpent. So, we hope you're ready. Cause it's time to go back one last time. As far as the actual episodes to Eternia. Moonrise draws near and then we shall set the snake. God circles free. We must tread carefully. My king, those masters of the universe are out in force searching everywhere for us. Which is why
0: I have dispatched Cobra Khan to the surface. He will draw their attention and create a perfect diversion. And should he be captured, it will serve him right for allowing me to rot in that Eternian prison.
1: General Ratlaw thinks to sacrifice me to the defenders. He underestimates the skill of Cobra Kai. All right, we're starting today with episode 38 entitled History. It aired January 3rd, 2004. Is that correct? Uh,
0: you're the That's one what I got written that, down. That you're the I one guess have that long stuff written down. I just, so. I, it
1: seemed weird because I guess we always look at the series as like a 2002 series. So I guess those final two episodes were the only ones that aired in 2004. 2000- so it just it seems like wow 2004. I didn't think the show went on that long, but it does obviously it snaked around to the end here. So hey, writer written by uh, Larry. De- you like how he has got the snake in there? Um. Anyways, I, <laughs> written by Larry D'Atilio Familiar face or familiar I, writer? Oh,
0: I oh god, I broke okay. down. I, I just uh, broke down. Da- uh, because I haven't seen his name in anything else, and I remember when the news came out when we talked about it way back. Couple mm-hmm. years ago, whenever it was that he passed, I just, I, I'd, I've said this in one of the other episodes that we've done since we started the new the 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 two thousand two series. Uh, I saw Christy Marks because I'm friends with her on Facebook. I saw her post about it first, and then mm-hmm. I went back and listened to one of the one of the interviews we did with him, and I'm like, I can't, li- oh god, I can't listen to this, because. Right. You know, that's a guy that did a lot for us mm-hmm. as a writer, as a creator, as a whatever. And I saw it here, and I'm like, oh, you bastard. Coming
1: in at the end to get us. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the plot for this one is basically the snake men are preparing to awaken finally Serpos, who they've been gathering things for for what seems like forever. Um, Evil Lynn allies herself with Count Marzo and heads towards the Well of Darkness to free Hordak from Despondos. So hold on. We, we got snake men. We got Serpos. We got Evil We got Count Marzo. We got Hordak. What are your thoughts about history? Basically, we have everybody except Skeletor,
0: and I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> This is a Larry Dutileo episode. I figured he would have found a way to get him in there at some point, somehow within the story. I don't yeah. know why it wasn't done. And I'll say right now, ahead of time, I'll go ahead and blow the wad here. Please don't. Skeletor is not in either one of these two final episodes. Like, I get it. They're, they're, they're planning for Hordak. They're like, uh, King hiss and Hordak were mortal enemies. Skeletor was kind of his, Pupil, whatever, but Skeletor wanted to, you know, not have horde, whatever. Like, I think, but
1: <clears throat> I think one thing that I would be critical on the 2002 series for is okay. So basically, we have our good characters, which are basically just boils down to He Man. And the Masters of the Universe, like mm-hmm. that, is our good faction. You got the palace with the, you know, the, the king and the queen. You got Castle Grayskull with the sorceress, but it's all He Man and the Masters of the Universe. There's no second faction. There's no third faction. I mean, I guess you have Zodak, who's kind of an outsider, but really, you just got the Masters. When it comes to villains in this series, we have like three different prongs. You have uh, you have Skeletor and his guys and gals, and then you have the Snake Men. And then you have Hordak. Um, and I know there's some connection between Hordak and Skeletor, et cetera. But my problem with this series, if I was being very nitpicky, I guess, is that I feel like there was a way to incorporate the Snake Men and Snake Mountain. And then there was a way to bring in and talk about or have appearances by Hordak without doing it in a way that completely diminished Skeletor as a character as an evil being as a powerful evil being like it feels like this series just kind of shelves him and makes him a non-issue or a yeah. not not important part of this whole thing whereas look at what we've done guys I mean we're on episode 121 and outside of the she series I mean we've been dealing with He-Man versus Skeletor for hundreds of episodes and yeah. this series just kind of is like well that's all fine and dandy, but we're going to talk about Hordak and King Hiss. And I don't say... I'm not saying that it's wrong to have the Snake Men in here, and I'm all about having Hordak appear. I just think there was a way that Skeletor could have at least kept some credibility yeah. as a villain. And I yeah. don't think they did that.
0: I mean, specifically starting at the end of Season 1, going into the beginning of Season 2, you have Skeletor all over the place. And by the end of the, by the, end of the Season 2 and now you do have here in, in trivia later about how the series got cut from 26 to 13. Mm-hmm. But here's my thing. <laughs> yes. This show did like, la- cause the show started in 2002 and season two started October 18th of 2003 mm-hmm. and it ended January 10th, 2004. So yes, this was at the, because if right. you think about certain cartoon series, even I know you're, you're not going to care about this, but like the power ranger series, normally, they run from like February until whatever like two or three months and then they take off. Cartoon series, as long as Cartoon Network doesn't screw with the air date order or screw with ordering, you know, screw with airing them at all, which sadly in this case they probably did. Um Yeah, I mean typically it's know. a three
1: month window. You so you got October, yeah. November, December, and sometimes it carries yeah. into like the first week of January to finish up. But yeah, I guess like I, I just think they could there was opportunities. Like I think for example, and I know this is kind of getting more into like the overall series talk, but just real quick before we get into it, I think mm-hmm. there was ways to do it. Like I think you had opportunities because Skeletor does not want Hordak back. Nope. Skeletor is not friends with the Snake Men and King Hiss. Mm-hmm. So I know that it's cliche to always have like the oh the bad guys got a team with the good guys, but I think there was moments where Skeletor could have found himself somehow. Having to almost fight alongside He Man and the and the Masters, not really fighting alongside them, but but helping them in a way to keep these other two at bay. Like he could have, even if it wasn't like a full on, like, "Hey, we're gonna have an alliance for a little while." It could have been something as simple as Skeletor is at the right time in the right moment, and instead of going after He Man, did something to make sure that Hordak stayed in Despotos or whatever.
0: Right. Like, the it other could have general- been ways. Yeah, there could have been a lot of ways to do to do it.
1: Sadly, right. Instead of it just had, didn't happen. And this episode doesn't. I'll get more into it next episode because in this episode it's kind of a non-issue because he's just not here. Next episode, yeah. I'll have a bigger problem with it. But yeah. this one, I'm gonna say, I do like. You know, it's a titled history, so it's got me right off the bat. Um, <laughs> but I, I do really like the fact that we have as much Hordeck as we do. I like that Evil Lynn continues to play like this plotting. Um, you know, treacherous member of Skeletor's crew that will do anything if it, you know, helps mm-hmm. her because that's villainous. I like it. Um, and then I like that you kind of have a duality in the fact that He-Man thinks one thing and the masters think one thing is happening, but they don't actually realize what the snake men are up to. You know what I mean? Like they, they realize Hordak is, is trying to be free, but they don't realize that the snake men were actually trying to stop that as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, they basically stop Hordak, et cetera, but they don't realize that they've allowed Snake Men to get what they need to awaken Serpos. Um, mm-hmm. so I kind of like that there's duality there where the bad guys aren't on the same squad and the masters don't realize that. Um, so I, I'm a fan of it at that point. I kind of cut you off, though. So did you have further thoughts before we get into <laughs> that?
0: The only other thing I want to say about just generally mm-hmm. is that um, I was really surprised, especially for 2004 and even nowadays. But throughout our entire journey for the last seven, eight years on this show, watching all of these cartoons, you go back to Filmation. Filmation always had the mess, And the messages are here, too. But Flammation always found a way to either not do something or to work around something or to say, hey, even though this happened in this episode, don't do this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Marzo straight up smacks Evelyn. I have that written down. And I'm like, wait a minute. Where, I wrote it down. I
1: wrote down. Wow. Marzo just <laughs> bitch slapped Evelyn and called her weak.
0: Yeah. That, that uh, pr- We pretty much wrote down the exact same note because what I wrote was, wow, Marzo smacked Evil in.
1: Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, those two got into it and, and he like just literally was like, you're not even on my level. Like, Get away from me, you weak little sorcerer type character. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the without, magic I do.
0: Without his amulet, he doesn't have shit.
1: Right, that's, that's, true. that's true. Like uh, Another weird thing about this episode that I didn't like necessarily at first, it started to grow on me a little bit. But and I know they've probably done it in previous episodes, and maybe I just haven't brought it up. Maybe you have. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. But um, they have like the weird snake transitions in between mm-hmm. like one scene and the other. Yep. And it really threw me off in this episode
0: <laughs> at first. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the snake transitions. The transitions that they used to use in season one and before the whole snake men thing started mm-hmm. up was the power sword or the havoc staff.
1: And yeah, I'm fine uh, with that
0: either it was just the sound effect for the power sword or it was Skeletor laughing for the Havoc staff.
1: Cause the, the snake fish. thing was so, um, like it was so prominent that it almost took me out of yeah. what was going on. And I'm like, well, okay, now I got to refocus and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, I know Cobra Khan has been around for a while. Um, I know we've been dealing with him for multiple episodes uh, in this mm-hmm. series, et cetera. I don't know why it struck me more in this episode than ever before, but like, I just kept thinking, am I looking at Cobra Khan or is that Cobra commander? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, right? Because his voice just keeps getting more and more like Cobra commander to me. Yeah, <laughs> And the yeah. way that he's kind of acting and slithering around and stuff like that. I was just like, man, they might as well just had a crossover here. This could have been Cobra. <laughs> uh, this could have been Cobra and the Snake Man. Um, Yeah, this is the most badass Calmarzo has ever been.
0: Yeah, I love his powers. <laughs> I love seeing
1: his powers used here. Like to me he comes across just more powerful and more badass than we've ever seen him before in any other iteration. So uh that was kind of cool. Um I like the fact that we actually get to see Manny Face's um different abilities, personalities, mm-hmm. kind of a little bit in this one. Uh we get Mossman coming back um to see that. And how about cringer?
0: Oh man.
1: <laughs> cringer is- for the first time ever, right? This has got to be the first series, time ever. Yes. In this I don't even know if it's, is. has it been ever where Cringer has done something like this in any of the episodes we've watched? He's done like with Orko's help.
0: He's done a few things, but back in the filmation series, he was way more cowardly because he could talk right. and he could emote. But with him just being a plain, I don't want to say plain old, but I'm just going to say plain old cat mm-hmm. and show it. He can still show the cowardice. He can still do the meows and he can still do the, this and whatever but dang. the first
1: time we've ever seen him be brave yes and it was so cool so good good on cringer there you've got more battle cat in you than you think cringer And then I do kind of, even though it's maybe not the greatest explanation, I do kind of like the fact that they kind of use the fact that the snake men molt and that their skin comes off Mm -hmm. to get out of certain situations. Like, for example, when they get burned in this episode, and then they're just like, well, that skin's gone, but I already have another layer underneath it. So I think that's a cool way to kind of figure in their characters' traits a little bit. So um, I'm a fan of this episode. I enjoy the ideas behind Hordak and everything that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I enjoyed Larry Dutileo's episode here. I don't know about you. You might be more mixed than I am.
0: A little bit, yeah. I enjoyed it, but... Okay, so I think it was in the last podcast where we had He-Man trying to stop Skeletor and then He Man realized, oh, he wanted Skeletor wanted to destroy Hordak's place. Right. Like, he wanted to stop the bad guy from doing the good thing kind of thing. And he does that again here. And I really cannot have any. Ex- like, this is the exact thing I wrote down. Really, He Man, you're smarter than that. Mm. Or you used to be. I get it. Stopping King Hiss, but wowzers. Live and learn, I guess. Wait, no. You get no live-and-learn excuse. This is the second time you have prevented someone from causing evil, even if that person was a villain themselves. Bad He-Man, bad. Finger wag at Hmm. (laughs) He-Man.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. He did kind of get duped over on that as far as not realizing who was trying to do what um, Mm -hmm. in that aspect. Um, I just like it. I like the fact that we got Evelyn kind of meddling in things. I like the fact that we have two different villainous storylines with the snake men and, and Evelyn slash Marzo slash Hordak. Um, and I, I like that we got to see some cool moments from people like Manny Faces, Moss Man, Cringer, etc. And a lot more masters got involved in this, which is nice instead of never seeing them or seeing one or two here and there randomly like this is masters of the universe i think we could have focused on the masters a little bit more than we did mm-hmm. but um so overall i really like it i thought it was building to what i was hoping would be a good like i remember watching this originally when the first time we watched this uh, the first time i ever watched this series and the last like 3 to 5 episodes really in my mind back then originally watching it i was getting my emotions were building um, and it felt like, hey, this series is about to really take off, or this is about to go to some cool places that we've never seen before. It had me excited. Um, obviously, you know, the rug gets pulled out from underneath us, but I think this episode was part of that. Like, this episode was part of that building emotions and building, like, hey, I think we're about to either have a cool climax or we're about to go into cool new places. So, like, I think this episode did its job. So, this is not the one I have a problem with today. So, I am giving a power sword to Cringer. Um, I can see giving a Havoc staff to maybe He-Man. And uh, episode rating-wise, I'm actually at a five on this one.
0: Really? Yeah. See this hand?
1: Should have been watching the other one. I, Call me crazy. I, I, I like the build.
0: I like the build too, but I can't justify He-Man's stupidity. I give it a three. A three. Battle Cat and uh, Yep. Battle Cat and Cringer get a power sword. He-Man gets a big old Havoc, zap, R- Havoc Staff right up the butt.
1: Up the butt, he says. Okay. Yep. Well, on that note, no more butt talk. We're going to take a really, break. Really, really quickly before what? we go. <laughs> I was trying to see
0: where... So Cobra Khan in this series was voiced by Scott McNeil. I don't know if Scott ever yeah, he did. voiced Cobra yeah, Commander. Yeah, he did. When what series was that?
1: Um now I got to remember. Um no. I'm also like 100% sure that he I'm 99.9% sure that Scott McNeil did Cobra Commander at one point, which is why I am saying that the voices sound but before he was able to um basically hide mm-hmm. the Cobra voice I feel like um, and then when this came out, I just feel like it didn't, uh, GI Joe extreme and GI Joe, uh, something else. Um, at least GI Joe extreme and S- uh, Sergeant Savage was the other one. Um, and the screaming, e- screaming Eagles, um, not great GI Joe series, but he did do the Cobra commander voice in there, but I hadn't picked up on it as much until this one. So I don't know if he just slipped into it more or if it was just my brain finally turning on, um. but He was, yeah, he does have history voicing that character. So, all right, now we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, hey, it's the final episode we have at this point, guys. We'll come back and talk about Awaken the Serpent. up next the final aired episode of this series episode 39 awaken the serpent it aired january tenth, two 2004 dean stefan uh writing this one and using the power of the medallion of serpos king his transforms snake mountain into the mighty snake god serpos serpos begins to cause great destruction on eternia viciously attacking the royal palace before heading to castle grayskull and conquering all of Eternia. So, this is the moment that the Snake Men have been working towards. Uh, this is why they, you know, got King Hiss and everybody involved. This is what his plan has been. This is why he's had to get all those different MacGuffins along the way, including mm-hmm. the medallion of Serpos, is to turn Snake Mountain back into the mighty snake god Serpos that used to exist. We learn in this episode that Serpos at one point in time in history uh, did wreak havoc uh, on Eternia, and that the basically the, the power of the elders, um, Greyskull, etc., entrapped him and created Snake Mountain out of him. Um, and he's been there ever since. So, this is waking him back up, which, on a side note, I think that's a decent thing because we always have seen Snake Mountain is like these giant snakes. And it's like, was that how it was carved, or why is it a giant snake? So, I, I guess yeah, that's it's a like- decent explanation for it. Yeah,
0: they gave it an explanation,
1: which is good, and it it makes sense. So So this episode is basically He-Man with a little help from Zodak uh, against Serpos. So what did you think?
0: I was expecting more, and (laughs) I feel like I got less. Like, yes, there's all this stuff here, but sadly, you know, this is the last episode. This is because supposedly, and again, I'm not trying to take away your trivia stuff, but supposedly there was no more interest in this. And I know you're, you're going to hate that I'm going to say this, but again, toy companies, they got to sell toys. And mm-hmm. how they do that, sadly, is through animated series. This animated series was written brilliantly. I love the direction that they were trying to go into. I loved everything about season one. There might have been little nitpicks here and there from episode 108 to now of the podcast, but... I enjoyed what the series was and where Mm -hmm. it was going to go, the story it was going to tell. Yes, I knew immediately as soon as He-Man Snake Armor showed up, I'm like, oh, there's a new toy of that. That's fine, whatever. But at least they gave you an explanation in saying, hey, um, Man-at-Arms grabbed Rat Lore or whoever's DNA to make the armor versus just showing up and saying, here's the new toy. So it is based kind of on that, but it's like, I think,
1: I think the main thing that that what we see here, and I'm going to go out on a limb because I haven't done necessarily all the research to back this up, but what used to happen in the early days of car slash toy commercial cartoons, you know, because this was something that started basically in the 80s. Um, the, yeah, you can probably pull a couple of examples before that, but eighties is really where it takes off where we have mm-hmm. He-Man and GI Joe and transformers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the difference is, is when cartoons were made back then, they were almost always, um, outside of ones that were going to be airing on Saturday mornings. If it was a weekday cartoon, it immediately got bought up for a 65 episode run. Um, That was a that was a season. So it immediately you had one season's worth of episodes, 65 episodes before any decisions were going to be made. Yes, some didn't make it to a second season. So some you only get 65 episodes. But what I what I mean to bring that up is, is they have 65 episodes worth of material and time and reruns and things of that nature to get people interested to sell toys to build the fandom. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, which buys you a good amount of time to get that done, which is why you had some that made it to a second or third season because they had already built in that time. What we see here in the 2000s is when they do these reboots, remakes, um, you know, reinventions of previous properties. We've seen it in this series. We've seen it in Thundercats. We've seen it in multiple different uh, other types of properties. The landscape has changed and nowadays, you don't get that 65 episodes right up front. You know what I mean? You, you might get 13, you might get, um, you know, some of them are in that 30 range, depending on how they break up the seasons. Um, so you have a lot less material to go through. You got a lot less time to build that fandom up again. And there's so much impatience in the television world in general. I mean, look at how many series air an episode or two or three before they get canceled. Like it's not, if it's not immediately a hit, it gets canceled. That's what we found ourselves in these days. Um, and so, because these guys didn't get 65 episodes right from the get, I don't, I don't feel like the fandom is able to create itself. You know what I mean? Like it was back in the 80s. So, what they have to rely on is people that are already attached to the property because they saw it beforehand or, you know, and, and that becomes collectors that might be buying some of the toys or, you know, this, that, and the other, but you're not going to get that massive audience appeal where you're having a bunch of kids buy toys, which is really what's going to drive the toy market. So, that's why, that's why, in my opinion, we don't see a lot of these reboots last a long time. Um, they always seem to get cut short because they're giving them too few of episodes to try it out. Like you need more episodes. So I feel like that's part of the problem. I don't, like I said, I don't have any scientific evidence to back that up, but it's just a different landscape nowadays with TV. And it has been, you know, for the last 20 years. Um, the eighties and nineties are over. And, you know, back then stuff got time to, to build and now it doesn't. So if you're not successful right away, the interest doesn't there, the toys aren't selling, you're going to get cut off. Regardless of how much quality you have in the writing, you know, the animation, the voice acting, the product, that's not important to people that pull the strings, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, this is the final episode of the series. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about what goes into that, uh, a little bit later. I was talking about in the last episode that I didn't mind as much Skeletor not being involved in that one. Mm-hmm. This one, I have a problem. Um, because they show Skeletor. Mm, the transformation has begun. Arise, Serbos. Arise so that all may cower before your fierce power. Will a deaths. They show mm-hmm. Skeletor, they give Skeletor lines, he has a seek a scene or a sequence, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. where he literally talks about the fact that his palace or his you know home has been mm-hmm. disrupted and that he's gonna, you know, take it to King Hiss and show him a piece of his mind type thing. And then when he disappears for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that that might have been planting a seed for future episodes, but in the way we get it, it's like Skeletor seemed awfully pissed off to disappear for the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, couldn't he have been? This would have been his moment to this would have been a better way to end it. Like, you have Skeletor, he's mad at King Hiss, he's mad about his home, blah, blah, blah. So now he has a common enemy as He-Man does, they both are not for the snake men and you could have had them do something to get rid of the snake men and then kind of like have that ending moment where it's like, Hey, we finally came together and did something to help each other out. That's how it's going to end. Are they going to remain friends? Not friends, but are they going to remain, you know, helpful to each other or is it going to go right back to, you know, He-Man versus Skeletor and just have it end ambiguously like that? Like, yeah they had an opportunity and then said they just wrote him off the episode after one line. Yeah. I have a problem with that. So (laughs) I have a huge pro
0: like, I understand where the story was going and where they were hopefully going to take it. But I have a huge problem with this being the last episode and Skeletor basically gets, yeah, you're done.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like the Serpos thing. I, 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 let me t- let me define that a little bit. I like the idea of Serpos. I like the idea that he was Snake Mountain. Mm-hmm. He comes alive. He's going to be helping the Snake Men. I don't know if I'm 100% on board on the execution of it because it was hard to interpret what Serpos was, what could hurt him, what couldn't hurt him, size abilities and things of that nature it seemed like he was morphing into different things like i don't know like i get the he-man was trying stuff without his sword opened up so like he was not having luck but then it seemed like certain times he was but then it didn't affect Serpos because like two seconds later he was fine yeah but then other stuff would hurt him and then like i don't know like it was a little bit weird on the execution of him yeah, very weird. So, like, I like the idea, and I like that there's this big, huge thing that's going to be attacking Castle Grayskull, and it's going to have more chance than Skeletor has ever had, or, you know, et cetera, and that He-Man's going to have to summon some type of extra power to, like, beat it down. I just mm-hmm. thought it was weird. Like, He-Man flying through the air, and then it's, like, this little bug that's, like, hitting him and getting swatted away. and then But mm-hmm. sometimes he, like, hurts him, but it doesn't really hurt. Yeah, And then, I don't know, it was just really confusing. I do, however, really enjoy... The fact that we got Zodak and Prince Adam interacting, <laughs> like so, Zodak um, basically tells Adam for all intents and purposes that he knows he's He-Man. Uh, huh?
0: He-Man is needed.
1: Uh, He-Man, you mean? You know? Could you at least turn your back? Fine. By the power of Grayskull! Yeah. And like, hey, we need He-Man right now. Like, get your shit together. And yeah. he's like, you know, and Zodak's like, I'm Zodak, dude. <laughs> like, what do you think? <laughs> like, yeah. is Zodak is a badass character, except for when he flies around in that stupid looking chair, <laughs> 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 because then all of a sudden he looks like someone. I can't say it because I'm going to offend somebody. But, just say
0: it. I don't care. Say it. it's an explicit podcast. If people can't get over it.
1: I, it, it looks like all of a sudden he's um, Stephen Hawking, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, like he's handicapped and he's tied to that chair. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like he's not. <laughs> like, I don't know. Why can't he just fly? Like, just have him fly like Stratos does.
0: Well, Zodak, weird is, Zodak doesn't have wings. Give him He's, a hoverboard. No, I'll give him a hover. That shark still looks
1: fake.
0: <laughs> give him something. Well, He's sitting in a chair. <laughs> well, okay. So I think, in as a born handicapped person, I'm not not lying. You know this, but I, you know, I can talk about this. Being born with, technically, I was born with brain damage, and I found this out. Last year in 2019, when I had to have brain surgery, I do not have my corpus column. For those that don't know, the corpus column is in the...
1: Huh? Florida? Corpus Christi? No,
0: No, that's Texas. That's Texas. Texas. You leave leave Selena out of this. Um, It's called the corpus column. It is what connects your left and your right brain hemispheres. It's a little piece. Or it's a piece in your, in the back of your head, in your brain that connects your two hemispheres. I was born without one. It never formed. I only found this out 40 years after I was born when I had to have brain surgery in 2019 to remove the, uh, hydrocephalitis that I had. It's it's basically excess water on the brain. Uh So, Technically, I was born brain damaged. I have cerebral palsy. It's a very mild case, but I get things mixed up and everything else. And I used to get all kinds of headaches and everything else, all this and all that. So as a born disabled person and someone who has had to use crutches, I've had to u- try to use wheelchairs at times. Like the thing about this is that I like, I don't find anything you said offensive. You're not wrong. But the thing of it is, is Zodak has is supposed to be this mystic he's it. supposed to be this person like he's supposed to be like um uh Metatron from DC kind of thing where it's this mystic chair and the his powers empower the chair and that's how he flies giving it. him wings like like stratos would just make him another Avion and it would be I, love, I
1: just anything else besides him, maybe a, a stand that he could stand on and fly <laughs> around but if it wasn't in a seated position it would have worked better for me i don't know um, but I do like that he's in it. I, I'm a yeah. fan of Zodak. So that was cool. Like overall, it's, I don't think this is a bad episode. I just think that everything was building and building and building. And then you get this one. And I don't know if it's the fact that you know it's the last one and that you're not getting anything more that makes you upset or if it's just that, Hey, Skeletor wasn't here or if it's just like, I don't know. It's just like, uh, this didn't quite hit the climax I wanted it to. And I would have rather Hordak been unleashed and deal with him than have the Snake men still being in power. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I, know, like, I would have rather actually Serpos be here and then then they do bring Z- Hordak back and he takes out Serpos and that sets up season three, which will be Hordak and which his people. Yep. Like, that would have been fine. And that then I would have, have been, been like, I know we didn't get the series the next season, but I know where it was going and I'm cool with it. Um, so, so, why yeah. is- My Serpos
0: moments, or I should say my Snake Mountain moments, basically begin with okay, where to begin? That's what we should. Can we go back
1: 10 years and rename it Serpos moments? (laughs) No. We screwed up. Yeah, we screwed up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, where to begin uh, here? Yeah, where to begin here? There is a point where He Man tells the masters to go back to the palace. Uh Fisto or somebody informs He man that the lava is gonna endanger a village, so they split up. He man goes to save the village. The masters go back to the palace to deal with serpos right We never actually and I understand time frame whatever excuse all that we never actually see He man save the village. The masters go back to the palace, and then he man ends up out in the distance as if he did save a village, and now he's on his way back to the palace, but we never actually saw him save the village. And the whole Serpos thing is just kind of meh for me. It Like, the whole thing about his origin and how the mountain, whatever, that's great. The rest of it being a giant snake monster, I could do without. Yeah. I just could do without. And for the longest time, I thought they were going to call him Serpentor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I get that um all right um so i have a power sword for Zodak. me too Um, that's it i don't have anything else um and i'm not gonna be as hard as you're thinking i'm gonna be on this episode because yes it was disappointing but i still think it's a good episode because we still get what the snake men were finally going for we still get like this you know, ultimate uh, showdown with Zodak and the Sorcerers and Castle Grayskull at stake, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we get to see a little bit of the history of Snake Mountain and how that worked, and the Council of Elders and all that other stuff. So, I'm I'm still decent score. I'm going to give it a four. But, two. Jesus, you're hard on these last two episodes.
0: <laughs> it's the final two episodes. We're never going to see this again. They didn't do an animated movie. It's never going to come back. No one's ever going to say, oh. It's 2022. It's been 20 years since this show came out. Let's do a animated movie that's going to, you know, continue the no one's going to do that sadly. Mattel's not even in that air. I don't even know where Mattel is with their animation right now because uh, Netflix Shitra is done, and Kevin Smith's series is up in limbo, and so is that supposed Noah, whatever that kid's name is, movie. Supposedly that movie was supposed to be in, th- Coronavirus or not. Supposedly that movie was supposed to be in theaters, and now it's supposed to be a Netflix original. I have no idea what's going on with Mattel and Masters of the Universe right now. I have zero idea what is going on.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, it gets it too. Alright, I don't think it's that bad of an episode, but uh, this is the final episode of the series. Season 2 was planned to have a full 26 episodes, but got cut down to 13 during production. Uh, there is a 40th episode in a somewhat form, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, because it was released as a bonus feature on the complete series DVD set, um, together with the previous 39 scripts and a comic book adaptation of the 40th episode, which is entitled Captured, um, and we'll talk more about that later. But uh, that's it for the aired episodes, guys. We we came to a conclusion with episode 39, Awaken the Serpent. That's all there is to say about that. So we will take a quick break, and then Mike will come back and let you know what happens next.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to—has anyone seen the bride
0: and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. (gasps)
1: Use all we can get. Because the world needs another movie podcast. The GeekCast Radio Network presents for your listening pleasure, The Cinema Geek. Hosted by Amanda, Kevin, Matt, and Dan. Each week, we dive headfirst in the landscape of movies as we discuss movie news, play movie games, go in-depth on reviews, and even have a top ten countdown or two. Also, don't miss our director retrospective series, where we review noted directors' movies film by film. Bottom line is, if you love movies and love podcasts, you need to to experience the cinema geeks you can find us on itunes Blog Talk Radio, or geekcastradio.com
0: to see the superhero web comic to has got superhero antics and sexy girls for action comedy mayhem and more read it now at the d-a-s-i-e-n.com
1: on the simplistic reviews podcast we talk movies we talk tv We talked. Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spot sound more exciting by adding explosions.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Car, car.
1: Download the show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm
0: sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. I know what we're doing today. Okay, Michael, if we're going to tackle this podcast thing, we've got to do something really special. It has to be cool, daily, in audio form, and undetectable by radar. Something that screams summer. I know, let's do a Phineas and Ferb review podcast. We'll call it the Podcast Organization Without a Cool Acronym, or PALCA for short. What do you think?
1: I think if we're not careful, Candace is going to bust us.
0: You can find Palka on the GeekCast, Radio Network, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and all of the other methods you find podcasts. Okay then, carry on. Do you like retro cartoons? Then Saturday Morning Rewind is the podcast for you! Join them each month as they talk about classic cartoons and interview legendary voice actors like Jim Cummings,
1: I am the terror that flaps in the night!
0: Corey Burton, (laughs) Rob Paulson. Sure, Blaine, but how are we going to find chaps our size? Nancy Cartwright and many more. Eat my shorts. So grab a bowl of Lucky Charms.
1: The magically delicious.
0: Put on your hammer pants. Go to SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And be prepared to feel like a kid again. Once again, that's SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Saturday Morning Rewind was voted best podcast ever by its host, Tim Nidell. So it's got to be good.
1: Enough! Drop those swords or they get melted. No! Don't do it!
0: King! his head.
1: Nice. What about Serpos? Defeated. Thank goodness. Snake Mountain is dangerous enough when it's not alive. The entire kingdom thanks you, He-Man. You should thank Zoda.
0: We are back in our original journey... That we set out to do way back when in, I think we released episode zero in 2011, but we released episode one in 2012. So let's just say 2012 when the show first fully started. It's an eight year journey and we're done with what we originally set out to do. We set out to record and release every episode uh, review of, at the time, all four Masters of the Universe cartoon series series. I struggled like hell getting through new adventures, but we made it, and we're here. Thank you for listening to us here as we are the Masters of Gray Skull. If you'd like to get in contact with us, leave feedback for the show. There are several ways to do so. Visit the website geekcastradio.com where you can comment on this and all of our other episode posts from this show and all the other podcasts we do. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays: Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course the home where our files exist, Spreaker. You can also use any other podcasting client you choose, but we prefer you use the ones we mentioned, or at least I do anyway. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes if anyone still uses iTunes. I did check now that I have my computer back. We do not have any new iTunes reviews, so if anyone's listening, if you know where any new listeners are listening, since we are now back here at Powers of Grey series. Please give us some feedback over there. Follow us on Twitter. GeekCast Radio is the network Twitter you can follow at POW of GraySkull for the show. I'm at TFG and Mike. What is your Twitter? At Optimus Solo. Become a fan on Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash GeekCast Radio Network. We hope you enjoyed the Gray Skull goodness today, and don't forget to join us in our next adventure when we will take a look at the comic He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, episode 40, captured. For now, I am TFG and Mike with... Optimus Solo. By the power and for the honor of Grayskull, we have the power.
1: That's right, Orko. I have to climb to the top to get something for the sorceress. But it's so high, it seems impossible. <sighs> Climbing a mountain is like undertaking any big job. It's not so difficult once you know the secret. Oh, what's that, ye man Just take it